Welcome to the Mikva Minute, an Eden Center production with Gabrielle Hodes, an experienced college teacher and intimacy counselor, who will be discussing real-life questions around Mikva and intimacy while giving tips for improving one's experience. Today's question is, does a couple have to have sex on the wedding night? Is it an obligation to have it specifically on that night? Could they push it off if they want to? If so, for how long? So that's such a great question and so important. And the answer to the simple, quick answer is no, they don't. (laughs) Um, I think that when a couple get married, first of all, it's such a broad question, such a broad answer. We don't know who we're dealing with, right? We don't know. Every couple who gets married is coming from a different background. There are going to be some couples who have already been physically intimate, sexually intimate before they get married. And there are going to be some couples who have not been touching each other at all. There are going to be some couples who have known each other for years and some couples who might have only known each other for a few months. Some people who are very sexually aware and feel comfortable with their own sexuality and with the concept of physical intimacy and some people who are petrified. Okay, so all of these things are going to be, we need to take all of this into account. Um, And so it would be, you know, that there is no blanket answer. Okay, or maybe the blanket answer has to be that a couple will come together and uh, have sex when they both want to and they both have cheshek and desire to have sex together and when they both feel ready and comfortable. That would be my answer. So for some people that might be on their wedding night and for some people that might be on the second night of their marriage and some people it might be at the end of Sheva Brachas and some people it might be three months into the marriage and some people it might be a year away it's going it's going to be very um fluid so how do you go about that as a college teacher do you sit down with the kalan khatan and kind of have a plan in place or is it just you tell them you know try it out if it's if if you know you're not you're in this process and you're seeing that you're not comfortable you know hold it off like how do you go about that as a college teacher in terms of having that conversation with the kalan khatan so i think again as a college teacher we're I create a relationship with the Kala that we're on a journey of discovering these things together. And the first thing I want to do is help the Kala get in touch with her own thoughts and her own feelings and also enable her to have a conversation with her Khatan about this so that they're both on the same page. And I, I guess I'm not, I don't teach in a cookie cutter type of way. So I can't give you that I, this is what I do. But one idea could be, you know, again, follow your intuition, listen to what feels comfortable and what feels right. I often give the analogy when you said, do I give them a plan? Uh, You know, I think that when women go into labor, often they have a birth plan, right? They want a water birth, they want to give birth at home or they want to give. And it doesn't always, you know, happen the way they envisaged. So we could talk about what at the point when she's engaged and before marriage, what she thinks she would like to happen. But the reality might look totally different so she might decide you know or not she they the couple might decide that we want to wait um or we're going to take things slowly and then in actual fact they feel more comfortable to be together sooner um or their they might think that this is going to go really smooth sailing and then she discovers that it i don't know triggers some anxiety or something about it's feeling very uncomfortable and she wants to put it on the brakes and take things a little bit slower so i think that if I guess to answer that question, I don't have a black and white plan. I really try and help the, the couple um, listen to their thoughts, listen to their feelings and um, have an idea of what maybe they think might be happening, but also develop flexibility.
Does that answer your question? Yeah, 100%. Conversation, dialogue, being open about, you know, what's right in the moment and what you think might be right in the moment and then you actually get to the moment might feel differently, 100%. Uh, so I know there, there is a little bit of a taboo around pushing it off and not having sex stuff on the first night of the wedding night. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and, and do kalot and, and fatanin, do they express kind of a fear and anxiety of, oh, we have to have it on, on the wedding night? Um, you know, I feel like there is some kind of stigma of not having it on the it's wedding. Interesting. Interesting. It's so interesting. I wouldn't, I, I can't say that I am aware of that taboo. Um, maybe it was a taboo once upon a time, or maybe it's a taboo in certain communities and not in the community or not in the world that I live in. So um, the book that I use mainly as a resource when I learn with Chatanim and Kalot is the, the book, Ishva Isha, I think it's called The Marriage Covenant in English by Rav Eliashiv Knoll. And uh, recently also there's Penine uh, Halacha by uh, Rav Malamed. And in both of those books, they refer to the fact that there is no obligation to be sexually, you know, to have sex on the wedding night. Rav Malamed goes even further and suggests that his recommendation is to wait till the end of Sheva Bracha. He says, why would you put a Dati Chatan and Kala together for a week when they haven't been able to touch each other beforehand. They're going to spend a week of Sheva Brachot, probably not working, spending their days and all their time together. Why would we put them, give them that challenge that the minute that, because for many couples after they have had sex, they will then become nida because of the halacha of dam um, that they're then going to become nida so quickly. Why would you put them in that challenging situation? So he actually suggests waiting till the end of the week. Um, so to me, I don't see it as a taboo. In reference to what Rav Malamed wrote, again, I don't want to prescribe, you need to wait. I, I want the couple to feel what's right for them. So I, I think by reading that together, it opens up their eyes that they've got legitimacy and permission to wait. But uh, if they want to be together sooner, that's okay. And if it takes longer, that's also okay. Amazing. Thank you so much. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode is a product of the Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe.